0: Alrighty everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro bringing you another episode of Monday Madness from the road. That's right, I wrote this script sitting shotgun to Anthony McDaniels as some of us make a road trip out to California. Even though some of you may recognize us as creators in the media space, we also work to modernize the oil field whenever an opportunity presents itself. We love learning new things and implementing brand new technology. Until we reach our destination, I'm actually recording this one from a casino, but I'm not going to disclose this one because we don't do ad reads for free. Even so, I'm sure you didn't come here to let me tease you with vague details about R&D projects. You came here to learn more about statistics, guiding commodity prices, and the news stories changing the energy landscape. Let's get to it. WTI prices are less than ideal at this point in time, and by less than ideal I mean far lower than where they should be given current events. Last week it was anywhere from seventy to seventy three dollars, which still seems low but far better than the current low sixty seven dollars we're seeing this morning. It started out at a much healthier 70 once trading opened up, but fell to a high 66 in a matter of hours. but it couldn't spend too much time there, so I'd wager by the end of the day we're at sixty eight, hopefully sixty nine after all, We've been stuck in this super tight pricing band for months, and I don't see that changing until international factors come into play in the form of a frustrated Saudi Arabia specifically. Brent maintains the same pattern, but the spread could be growing still. Last week it was closer to $4.50, but it is very quickly closing in on $5. Again, extreme volatility is going to cause that spread to fluctuate, but trends seem to say that the spread is starting to widen. Natural gas observed the perfect peak of a sine wave last week, so we may be in for lower prices soon. But nothing too far outside of 215 to $235. piss poor prices, yes, but at least we know what we are in for. I wish I had more to say about commodity prices this month, but you folks know the drill. At this point, it just doesn't make any sense. Saudi Arabia thinks things are being manipulated, and companies are pulling their foot off the gas. Speaking of pulling the foot off the gas, the rig count continued to fall. It stopped hemorrhaging like it had been for the last four weeks as we had lost 58 rigs, I believe. This past week, it looks like the wound has started to clot as the rig count fell only to one. This brings the national total to 695, which is 38 fewer rigs than we had this time last year. As you can imagine, we saw little change at a basin level. Two new rigs in the Canna Woodford, two fewer in the Permian, and one less in the Haynesville. State by state, this means Texas is somehow down six, and Colorado down one. Louisiana, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Utah are each up one. Wyoming is the big dog, as they are up two. The Gulf of New Mexico saw no change. The rigs lost were horizontal in searching for gas. A very quiet report for this week, but I would not say that this is the tail end of the drop-off. Sure, smaller than what we saw, but operators are not willing to continue producing these assets for the current price. Who can blame them? services and materials cost more so break even prices aren't always what the analysts will claim them to be the prices were the same prices we saw when i was in school a few years ago i mean my junior year i think this was the same price for energy and almost everything else at this point is becoming far more expensive don't believe me check out cpi trends ultimately rigs aren't likely to go up in population anytime soon and they sure have loads more potential to go right back down Our last statistic to cover is Thirsty Thursday. Typically, we post these weekly with a fun cocktail recipe and fantastic visuals to enhance your understanding, but we ran into some complications last week. I do apologize to those of you out there that read it weekly. I'll do my best to make it up to you by recapping the most important details right here. As far as inventories go, the EIA forecasted a decent 1 million barrel build. Unfortunately, they were wrong. Fortunately, it was because we saw a drawdown of almost a half million. Nothing crazy when compared to recent weeks, but it sure beats the hell out of a 5 to 15 million barrel build, which we've seen earlier this year. The API predicted a slightly larger build of 1.5 million, but reported a 1.7 million barrel drawdown. Commodities will likely continue getting tighter in supply, though you wouldn't know it based on market pricing alone. Gasoline has just teased its way back up into historically normal territory for the past five years as total domestic barrels reached 218.2 million. Still, that increase in supply hasn't stopped prices from steadily increasing over the past few weeks. We are still a far cry away from the outrageous prices of last year, but if current trends hold out, we could easily be back here, well, back there in two years' time. And that is without the excuse of volatility. That would just be normal market trends. The most expensive gasoline is over in Cali, where we happen to be headed, in which you can find a gallon for an average of 4.90. The cheapest can be found in Mississippi for $2.97. I would expect that these prices go down with the oil price, but I suppose the dwindling supply is having an even larger effect than we give it credit for. Distillates continue to build, but are still on the low end of the five-year range, which was only expanded by last year's lows, so I suppose that's probably par for the course there. Propane has recently experienced record-setting exports to other countries, but you may be surprised to know that we have more than we have had historically, domestically. The old high for this time period was just shy of 65 million barrels equivalent. The most recent tally puts us over 72. I suppose we can always go back to the Midwesterner's way of propane heaters and propane tanks if Saudi Arabia really tries to create shortages in our markets. But that is all we've got for our statistics. Next up is the news, and we'll be talking about a story that may illustrate a bit more clarity from our conversation last week. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, this is a good time to go listen to last week's episode real quick. We'll wait right here and then get you caught up. All right, for those of you that left, welcome back. To the rest of you, here's the story. According to the Washington Post, some Pentagon documents were leaked that revealed Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman may have threatened potential retaliation if the U.S. took any action against them. In order to clarify that, we should rewind the clock to this last October. You might remember that that was around the time OPEC announced some production cuts. Now, gas prices had gotten pretty high, gasoline specifically, and Biden was worried about midterms and ended up reacting a a little bit angrily, promising consequences. Nothing ended up materializing from that situation, and it was presumed that Biden either lost interest in the situation or straight-up forgot. Those aforementioned Pentagon documents paint a different picture. The document claims the prince said, quote, he will not deal with the U.S. administration anymore, end quote. He also promised, quote, major economic consequences for Washington, end quote, although it's not known if he made this remarks directly to a U.S. official or if they were just a part of an intercepted conversation. So again, take that with a grain of salt. We cannot confirm the existence of these documents. It's all on the Washington Post's word. Giorgio Caffiero, the CEO of Gulf State Analytics, said, quote, Mohammed bin Salman is keen to let Washington know that the U.S. needs Saudi Arabia just as much as the kingdom needs America. The crown prince wants Biden and everyone else in Washington to respect Saudi Arabia's sovereignty and right to make decisions which advance the country's national interests. I gotta say, I agree with the analyst. Imagine for a second you are the prince. After years and years of fellow OPEC members dealing with various sanctions from the U.S., or even straight-up public shaming on an international level, you have to be at your wit's end at some point. If I was him, I would be sick of being treated like the analyst mentioned Saudi Arabia needed the U.S. more than the other way around. The Middle East may have been reliant on the U.S. back in the day, but our military presence is nearly non-existent after that messy removal from Afghanistan. We flirted with the idea of repricing oil in any other currency on some segments of this podcast, and it is possible that those gears were actually set in motion back in October, unbeknownst to us. If that is the case, Saudi Arabia could be drawing up the framework for executing a swift conversion with all OPEC members and any other folks that may not hold the U.S. in the highest regard. Russia already opened that door by declaring it would sell its oil only in yuan or Gulf currencies. At this point, it just comes down to when, exactly, those people feel like pulling the rug out from under us. Keep an eye on international markets, because this could be one of the largest ever financial reconstructions in the history of energy production, and, if I had to bet, it's not likely to be pretty. But I will have to stop it there, because any more discussion in this realm could easily turn straight into speculation. What we know for a fact is that the rest of the oil market is tired of the U.S. calling the shots, and the dollar grows weaker. Make of that what you will. If you want to learn more about stories like this, please subscribe to the podcast. If you don't have room for another podcast on your plate, consider visiting www.rarepetro.com, where we repost lots of stories from our favorite sources and even post our own content. We have a fun little piece talking about the growth of BRICS organization that should be posted later this week, and you'll want to see what implications that holds for international energy markets. It's bite-sized, so don't worry. Anyone can enjoy it. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. And until we see you next time, take care, everybody.